In this episode of Build Your Tribe, Brock and I are going to share with you some of our nightmare experiences, public speaking, and how you can recover from them, as well as top tips to get your first paid speaking gigs. Welcome to the show, Brock. How are you doing? I'm doing great. A lot better now that my nightmare speaking event is over. I think it's everyone's biggest fear is public speaking. I think I've even heard that it is, for many people, a greater fear than dying itself. Yeah. I think most studies say it's either like the number one or number two biggest fear worldwide is speaking in front of large crowds. What's your greatest fear, by the way? I don't know. I feel like my biggest tangible fear that's like present would be like an avalanche backcountry snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I'm scared of sharks when I'm surfing. No, nope. I'm not scared of spiders. Oh, snakes, snakes. I hate snakes. I hate snakes so much. Shouldn't have told me that. Snakes. That's my biggest Well, for many people, this fear of public speaking is that you're going to mess up or something horrible is going to happen on stage and you're just going to be so embarrassed. You're going to die of embarrassment or the words aren't going to come out of your mouth or you're going to start sweating or you're going to forget what you need to say. But these things have happened and they may happen. And we're here to tell you, you are going to live. You just came back from like a major speaking event. This story is classic. I need you to share the story. Yeah, this is why I called it my nightmare speaking event. It had nothing to do with the actual people putting on the event. They're wonderful. But I was literally recording a Build Your Tribe podcast in my hotel room at 10.50 in the morning. 10.50, because I didn't think that I was supposed to be backstage until 1.30, and I wasn't supposed to go on stage until 2 p.m. So I even had a plan, like I was going to finish the podcast, I was going to get a little workout in, shower, freshen up, and then head over to the event. How big of an event is this? Where were you? And had you ever spoke to this group before? Yeah, I'd spoken to this company before, but never this exact group. It was a major network marketing company, and this was their national event for Canada. And the CEO of the company, who I had a couple like conversations with, we were friendly now, he was at the event. So like this was a big deal. And I think there was about 600 people in the audience. So it, it was a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So you're prepared. You're so prepared that you're actually doing, you're like me before I'm speaking, even if I'm prepared, I can't be doing something else. I'm like over preparing. So it's interesting to hear that you were actually recording a podcast and you knew you had a couple hours before you'd be on stage. Yeah. And I had sent them my slides a few weeks in advance, which is something I had to do because they had to translate them like to French because it was in Canada. You know, I didn't have the option to like change my slides. And, and this was a presentation I'd given before. So I didn't need to review them. So I was just getting ready. And again, 10.50 a.m. I'm recording a podcast and you can watch it on video because I was literally like recording, you know, the camera was rolling when I got this text and I see this little notification pop up on my phone or on my laptop that says, Brock, you need to be backstage now. Okay. So I immediately like I stopped recording and I text her back and I said, okay, I'll head over now. But my schedule says I don't go on until 2.35. And she replied, you are on now please run. No, this would not work for me. You understand like a couple of hours before the event, my hair is not put together. The lashes are not on. I couldn't run. Yeah. No, I was lucky that I was recording a podcast and I wasn't in the middle of a workout or like I was 30 minutes before that, which was out having breakfast, just wearing like normal clothes. Yeah. So I was wearing, you know, a nice outfit ready to be on camera, but I was wearing the same outfit that I had worn on stage the night before, because I also spoke the night before this event. Yeah. So same outfit, same event. And so it's like, I can't literally wear the exact same thing on stage 12 hours later. Like I can't. So I had to change really quickly. Luckily, like you said, I didn't have to do my hair and makeup, Mm -hmm. but I literally had to like change my pants, change my shirt and change my shoes. Cause I had to make a split second decision. 
do I want to wear my running shoes because I know I'm about to have to run to the event? Or do I want to wear my Converse, which is what I was planning on wearing on stage and like run over there in the worst running shoes ever made? My heart would be racing. And that's the thing is before you go on stage, you really want to like be calm and like think through your like you want to be in a certain state of mind and you are now in a fight or flight fighting for your life and your heart is racing, all these things. So the audience, did they have another speaker like to fill in for you or something? No. So I guess what they did, because to finish out the text conversation, I said, okay, I'm heading over now. I'll be there in seven minutes. And she said, please hurry. And so I'm like running over there. And as I run into the building, full sprint, it was two blocks away from my hotel to the convention center. As I run into the building, a bunch of the attendees from the audience are like walking out of the building. And I can see like the doors to the actual, like the convention hall are open because they're like letting them all go. And I sprint backstage. And as I'm running back, some of the attendees are like, oh, there he is. There you are. Because I guess what they said was, I don't know exactly how they phrased it, but like Brock isn't here or we're having some minor delays. So everyone take, I think they said like a 15 minute break and we'll be right back. We'll figure out where Brock is and we'll be right back. Yeah. So you had to be like a little bit bumming, like thinking like, I don't know how the mess up happened. Maybe you can tell that to us, but you had to have been also thinking like, this is going to reflect really poorly on me. So what's your state of mind before you go on stage? Usually before I go on stage, I'm actually like very calm. I'm very the opposite of fight or flight. Oftentimes backstage, I'll like yawn a bunch or I'll fall asleep. Like I get really mellow. Like I feel like it's my body's overcompensating for like where it should be. But I even track this on my aura ring to make sure that I wasn't just like lying to myself. My heart rate stays really, really low until I get up on stage and then it spikes up for like a minute when I run up there from adrenaline and then yeah. it levels back out. So like it's something that, and we can talk about this later, but I've been public speaking for years now. So I feel like it's become very second nature and I feel very comfortable, but no, I was totally fight or flight. I was freaking out and I got backstage and they're like, oh, there you are. Okay, you're ready. And I literally ran right up to the person who was going to mic me up. She put on my headset, she put on my battery pack. And then the speaker went back up on stage and she was like, all right, Brock's here. Everyone come back into the room. And she introduced me and I ran up on stage and I ended up only being maybe four or five minutes behind schedule Mm. when I was supposed to start. Mm. But for the first like 10 minutes of my presentation, I could see everyone like coming back into the room and like coming back from what they expected to be like a 15 minute break. And so that was definitely like an awkward transition. Okay. How did it turn out? Okay. So how did it turn out? As I was running back, I was like, okay, how am I going to position this, right? Because it looks really bad on my behalf. Like it it reflects really poorly on me that I'm showing up late. And I needed a way to connect with the audience and also own up for my mistakes. Because I was like, if I just walk in there and I run up on stage and I start blaming like anyone but myself or like pointing fingers at the event staff or anyone, it's going to look really bad. Mm. So instead I have to like take ownership for it. I have to, in some way, like kind of make it a a joke, make light of it, but also say like, this is me, this is my mistake. This is like kind of allow them to laugh with me and Mm -hmm. at me and kind of to speak bigger picture when I'm speaking on stage, this is a a tip I got from you really early on is it's really important to make sure that your audience feels you're relatable because you're someone who they're literally looking up to. You're literally on a stage, on a pedestal, and you don't want that disconnect from your audience. You don't want them look at you in this way. You want to feel like you're on the same level because you really are. And so you oftentimes start your speeches with some sort of like making fun of yourself or dancing around or being goofy, self-defamation, just to 
like lighten the mood and be like, hey, I'm not so perfect. I'm not like this long, fancy bio that was just read off. And so yeah. I got up on stage. I was out of breath, but also I kind of played into the fact that I had just sprinted yeah. here. And yeah, so I yeah. was like, you know, hunched over and heavy breathing. And I said, have y'all ever had one of those nightmares where you're like running late for class, but you graduated, you know, high school 20 years ago, or you have a sports game, but you like forgot your cleats at home or like yeah. you're out in public and you, you're you not wearing pants. Well, that kind of just happened to me. <laughs> and so I like told them that and they were all dying laughing. Oh, that's um, so good. And it was relatable and it was honest because it literally is like the nightmare scenario for any public speaker that you have like the night before you go on stage is what if I mess up the time? What if I'm running late? Like what if something goes wrong? And it literally did. We're going to get to a couple of tips to help those of you who are not yet haven't started your paid speaking gig because it's a great way to build your brand and awareness for your expertise. But I'm going to share with you my worst public speaking nightmare was on stage in front of about seven, 800 people. And the front row of this audience, which was a predominantly female crowd, mostly, but there's probably 20% guys. But the front rows, all the women while I was speaking were like, like making these gestures like toward my shirt. And, you know, you try not to zero in on just like one person in the audience. If you get really distracted by what people are doing in the audience, you can lose track of what it is you're teaching. So I'm, I'm glancing down and trying not to lose my train of thought. But after I, I realized, oh, no, like the whole front row was like really trying to get my attention. I realized that I had a blouse that had little tiny buttons all the way down the front. And when I was doing my dancing, it had popped open and I was bra fully exposed. Like you, you have to just like go, well, look, at you know, I'm just trying to really get everybody's attention apparently one moment please and like literally turned around and i made a janet jackson reference to a outfit malfunction i just kind of like buttoned it back up and and then literally i was like by the way does anyone have a safety pin just in case and and so i just kept going and those are the things that do actually i always say when when something like that happens when i'm speaking on stage it's pure gold if you roll with it people are going to love you for it you become much more real you know, then they start rooting for you. So I, I love it when those things happen. I've fallen on stage. I mean, there's so many things that have happened to me on stage where I think, oh, thank God this happened because now it's a way for me to work it in and people can actually see my personality as opposed to like a memorized presentation. So you will recover from it. But these things do happen. I've lost all of my slides, all of my presentation notes. I've gotten up on stage and been told that I have an hour for my presentation. And then just before going on stage, Someone taps me on the shoulder and says, oh, we have to adjust the schedule. So if you can wrap this up in about 16 to 17 minutes and you just have to do it, you know, you just are like, okay, here we go. Yeah, I've had all those things happen myself, having your slides taken down, having things crash, having things not work, having music not play. One of my very first presentations that I did, my mic headset completely came off like in the middle. So I had to literally stop, exit the stage and have someone like re-mic me up because no one could hear me. So all these things will happen, but not only can we share some tips to avoid these things, but I think more importantly, we can share some tips with our listeners as to like, how do you even get into this space of paid public speaking and, you know, speaking in front of large audiences, because it can be really powerful, not just in like a monetary sense of you're getting paid to do this, but I love the idea of borrowing other people's platforms or right. sharing other people's stages, because then you don't have to be the person to 
have a live audience of a thousand people or have a right. mastermind with 30 high level entrepreneurs. Instead, you can be invited to speak to that group. And essentially you're achieving the same result. You're, you're still speaking to yeah. that group of people. Instagram is a beast. There is no lie that every single week the algorithm changes. There's a million new features. There's so much to keep track of, so much you have to worry about. And all you're trying to do is scroll your business, trying to get more customers and make more sales on Instagram. That is why we created the Insta Club Hub to help you learn exactly what you need to know to stay up to date with the changes that are actually relevant to you as a business owner and to help you grow your following and customer base on Instagram. You can check it out, best part, for only $7. You can join a two-week trial for only $7. That's 50 cents per day for two weeks. And all you have to do to grab that trial offer is go to instaclubhub.com forward slash trial. Again, that link will be down in the description. But right now, while you're listening, you can just open up your Safari browser or whatever internet browser you use and just go to instaclubhub.com forward slash trial essentially you're achieving the same result. You're, you're still speaking to yeah. that group of people. The first tip that I would give for people is to niche down and then niche down even further because that's how you're going to set yourself apart and earn the credibility to speak in front of these audiences. If you call yourself a fitness expert, it's going to be hard to land a paid fitness speaking gig. But if you really niche down and get super specific with the demographics, who you help and what you can strategically do for this group of people, that's what's going to set you apart from everyone else who does what you do. Step number two is you've got to get your name out there. And you know, you can apply to speak at events, but I find that the best way to do this is to offer your services for free. And one of the easiest ways right now in 2023, moving into 2024, is offering to present on Zoom. People, once they see you and you've got this opportunity to speak in front of a large group, it's not going to cost you anything to go live on Zoom. And even if it's a smaller opportunity, like 50 people or 100 people, those are additional people who now know you for the specific niche that you were speaking on. And to add on to what Brock just said about niching down, like the reason why, Brock, you get so many speaking opportunities is because now your name is getting passed around by event planners. We need somebody to teach Instagram and they're thinking of you first. Exactly, exactly. And to speak on your second point, that was the exact funnel that I followed. I started with very small, what you might not even consider public speaking of just one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then from there, those one-on-one -on -one clients started to bring me in to speak to oftentimes their smaller network marketing teams of maybe 12 to 50 people or their smaller podcasts that might only get a few listeners every month, but small events. And then from there, it became bigger teams or teams that were paying me or groups or small companies that maybe had 50 to 100 people but would pay me for, again, just a Zoom. And then from there, it started growing into actual in-person events. Again, starting small with maybe 50 to 100 people. And now I'm speaking at events with 12,000 people, but it continues to build. And I think that there should be no shame in starting out with free public speaking because you're getting your name out there. You're, you're planting the seeds now that you'll reap and sow much later. Speaking of which, you and I both still will do events for free because it's the rewards aren't always what they're going to pay you for the, you know, the time on stage or the travel, et cetera. In fact, one of the most mm -hmm. lucrative events that I ever spoke at, I did so for free and reached mm -hmm. 30,000 people live just by saying yes to that event. My social media, my Instagram grew 7,000 followers. I mean, for me, that was incredibly valuable to do that. And the 
return opportunities. Additional people have reached out for me, the, the way that it, you know, promoted our brand and awareness. So like, I hear people all the time saying like, never do free. I'm like, evaluate the opportunity hey. first. Yeah. Our next tip is to build your credibility by creating long form content. If people are only seeing you posting TikToks and reels that are lip syncs that are seven seconds long, even if you have a huge following, it's hard to show your personality. It's hard to build trust in those moments. And it's hard to see how you would really translate that into speaking on stage. But if you have a 30 minute long podcast or a 45 minute long YouTube video, or even, you know, reoccurring Facebook or Instagram lives where people are able to see you speak for extended periods of time and teach and add storytelling, then they're able to much more easily imagine what it would be like to see you on stage. And you can point to those things as examples of, hey, I could deliver this message for you on stage. And here's an example of myself already doing it. Absolutely. You know, as someone who is a paid speaker and someone who hires paid speakers, that's the first thing I'm looking for. Even when people pitch themselves to be in our podcast, I'm always like, like, how well are they able to teach this content? Do they know how to be brief? In fact, side note, even when we're doing like we're looking at someone to be a guest on the podcast, I look at do they know how to be a good guest? Do they know how to pause and allow the host to interject their questions? And so when you're looking to create your own speaker resume, if you will, don't just assume you need to be on stage. You just need to show them how you show up. Are you able to be extemporaneous? Are you captivating? Are you interesting? Are you great storytelling? Are you rehearsed? And that's my next tip is you've got to make sure that you are well rehearsed because you just never know whether people are going to need, like I said, a 15 minute presentation, a one hour presentation. Recently, I had to do a full two days where I was in charge of speaking for four hours, to, well, two different groups, but four hours, a block of time that requires some experience. And how do you hold people's attention for that long period of time? So don't be afraid to get a multitude of experience and to have all of those links ready when you're going to email your show host. And that's our next tip. And once you've really, you've got those things lined up, like you've done some podcasts, some YouTubes, maybe done some free Zooms, or you've offered your services for free, you've racked up a little bit of experience. Now it's time to reach out to the perfect fit. And there's so many of, the, of them out there. You can't do that though until you know your niche. So once you've got your niche, now you're going to look for people who are specifically looking for someone with your expertise. And again, I love the idea of offering your services for free the first time. Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a great way to, to build that base and to get your name out there because oftentimes you're going to land more events and future gigs from that first gig. I can't think of a speaking event that I've had that can't be traced to a speaking event before it. Like literally as I'm going through every one that I've done recently, there is someone at that event who got me there because they saw me speak at another event or because they were an, in attendance at a different event and their friend told them about me. It's oftentimes word of mouth and recommendations yep. for these things. I mean, also, I would say it, part of kind of building this practice and this ability to speak in 15 minutes or a four hour window is get yourself on other people's podcasts by following the strategies that we've already been talking about of knowing your niche and reaching out to these people. Yep. But when you're on someone else's podcast and they're interviewing you, especially when you don't know the questions beforehand, it's such an awesome opportunity because sometimes they're going to ask you a super specific tactical question that you need to be able to deliver an answer to in that moment. 
sometimes they're going to ask you to tell, you know, your life story from start to finish right there. And so it's just great practice of being able to think on your feet, adjust and be as brief or as as long winded as you might need to be. You know, this was not a point that I wanted to come up with. So this is a bonus point is whenever you can offer your services to do a panel. You know, those are sometimes things that speakers are like, eh, I don't want to do a panel. I don't, I don't want to be a part of like five people. But I think it's a wonderful way to stand out. My last tip, and Brock, I'm sure that you, this is something you've probably done yourself, is to become a detective. Once you know where you can best serve people, like figure out, okay, so what organizations represent the kind of people who I know I can help them, right? And then do your research, like become a detective, Google it, like find out where are these conferences? Where are the people who are looking for paid speakers or looking for speakers and experts with your specific knowledge? And look for the, when is their annual event? Do they have regional events? Do they have local events? Local events are a wonderful way. So speaking of which, network marketing is a wonderful way to get a lot of experience public speaking because there are so many different distributors, hundreds of different network marketing organizations, and they're always looking for great training. They're always looking for paid speakers, sometimes free speakers, but they do that on a local level. So reach out to the top distributors in your area. How do you find them? You got to be a detective. Like you got to get really good at using Google, track down who those people are, find their social media profiles, interact with them, follow them, get to know them, become their fans, offer your services to them, find out what it is they need specifically for their team because they're always looking for people in the personal development and business development area. And then our final tip that we would recommend is that you don't necessarily have to always find someone else or some other speaking gig. You can create your own. And like we've mentioned, it doesn't have to be a massive event with thousands and thousands of people. You could organize local meetups at the local public library. You could organize Zoom trainings for small groups of people, and you don't even have to necessarily charge for these events. But these are, again, great opportunities to practice, great opportunities to get your name out there, and they're opportunities that you control and that you can really dictate You know the date, the time, the location, the pacing, and all of that. And so it allows you to kind of do this on your own terms and then use these as examples to pitch yourself to future speaking events that you might not be running. It's an awesome idea. You know, and remember... This is something, there's other people who are in your same kind of area of expertise. Like, let's say, for example, your expertise is that you help new moms recover from postpartum and you network with other people who are maybe someone's a doula or maybe somebody is a lactation expert. And you know people who are in that general community serving new moms. Invite people who are kind of on the same level, right? Like, they're not yet a national paid speaker but you know their expertise, you know their qualifications and say like, hey, I've got this idea. I'm going to do this free summit. I'll organize the Zoom. We can all invite people from our social media to show up to it. And in return, what we'll all get is a reel where we're able to show potential event planners our abilities as paid speakers. And then we can pitch this as a group. Like there's so many ways to get experience and other people need it too. So you're not going to want to reach out to like a Gary V and say like, hey, Gary, you know, I'm (laughs) trying to put together my own event. But like reach out to people who you know are great speakers and are also looking to build their resume. Brock, thank you so much for sharing your hysterically nightmarish story, like my worst nightmare. I still at least once a week dream that I have to go teach a fitness class. Everybody's there waiting. They're angry with me. I've forgotten the time. I'm showing up. I don't have shoes. I have to borrow someone else's shoes. I can't get the music to play. Like, so what you experience is like, 
oh, I have PTSD for you. Yeah, it was traumatic. But on the bright side, it wasn't terrible. I was yep. able to make it on stage and still present. And totally. I was able to show myself like that, like literally the worst nightmare happened and I was okay and everything worked out <laughs> and uh, it wasn't the end of the world. I think the absolute worst case scenario is if I would have just like totally missed it. So that nightmare will probably still persist. But yeah, it was definitely a crazy story. And it's one that I'm thankful that I can already look back on and laugh. I guess the moral of the story is it's always much scarier in your reoccurring nightmare than it really is in real life. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. It probably turned out to your advantage because people thought it was pretty freaking funny. Yeah, they did. And and maybe that's a great way to end the episode because as we said at the beginning, a lot of people are scared of public speaking. (laughs) And so our advice for you is that, hey, it's not going to be that scary. Once you get up on stage, once you turn on the Zoom, the first 90 seconds, you know, your voice might be a little cracky and you'll be nervous, but that's just normal. That just shows you that you're human. That stuff will go away and get easier with practice. But take it from two people who have done thousands of hours of public speaking now. It's not so bad. Yes. Hey, if you are listening on your favorite podcasting app, don't forget to double check and make sure that you're subscribed to the show. And if you enjoy listening to podcasts and seeing what we look like while we're recording this live, check out our YouTube channel. We'll put a link to that in the show description. And we would love for you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We always pin a comment right up at the top. So that's a great way for you to interact and share with us your thoughts on this episode, what you'd like to see more of. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the notification, turn on the little bell so you know that when we're dropping a new episode. And we're doing this twice a week now. So thanks so much to everyone who's already subscribed to the YouTube channel. And, you know, wherever you listen, we're grateful for the time that you spend with us. It's our goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun and then be done. And as always, happy networking. <laughs> we're done. <laughs>